Hey class, welcome to your second semester of Professor Next Gen and Friends. Uh, today, I've welcomed multi-talented, multifaceted musician and producer, Drew Banga, to the classroom uh, to kick off the second semester. And we talked about his early days as a musician, uh, going on tour with I Am Sue, E-40, G-Eazy as a youngin, and now branching into the producer realm with some of the best, freshest talent the Bay has on the horizon. Uh, this gatekeeper to the Bay Area sound kicked a lot of knowledge down. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at P-R-O-F period N-X-T-G-E-N um, on all platforms. And subscribe to wherever you listen to this podcast so you never miss a show. Class is now in session. I hope you guys enjoy. Bye-bye. Hello, hello. This is your professor, Professor Next Gen. We're back with season two, your second semester at Next Gen University. Uh, today I have a, a wonderful guest uh, featured in the SF Chronicle, featured in KQED, Vice, uh, behind the Bay's hits for years, uh, in in some way, shape, or form, uh, <laughs> doing his thing. We just want to introduce today. My man is Drew. How you doing, sir? Doing great. What's popping? Man, what's popping, bro? How you doing? <laughs> Good. What? Another day. Another day. We another outside. beautiful day in the sun. Yeah. The sun is out. <laughs> Rare Corona vibes. <laughs> <laughs> we and it's hot. We hydrated. You know what I'm saying? Off the alkaline, so mm -hmm. that's good too. <laughs> uh, just want to jump right into it. I have. A little icebreaker question. If you if you were a wrestler, what would your entrance theme song be? I had a tiger. I had a tiger. Oh, <laughs> word. <laughs> I had a tiger. That's Instantly. that one right there? Yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice strut down the, down the walkway. Like, yeah, it's going to go down. I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, so, I don't even know. I, it's so many songs. It'd probably be something like uh, some that presidential. What was that? Uh, some, it was by Young Thug. Off, it was off that so much fun album. Uh, hot the remix though. Oh yeah. I no. need the Travis verse to be the part where I'm coming in because I be feeling like I'm ready to like. That song. Crazy. That song literally feels like football. <laughs> literally, I think they filmed like, it on a football field too. Like that song feels like that should be the Monday night football song. Exactly. They like, might as well do that. <laughs> they need but... to just give Brett his rights. Like get White Bear up there. And get this to get him through group. Quick. Exactly. Give, <laughs> give give him some uh, representation. You know what I'm saying? We need some of that. Facts. <laughs> Um, I actually want to start off, who says the Drew tag? Because I feel like that tag is one of the most, like, I, I can hear it, and I'm like, oh, I'm already knowing who it is. So it's one of my friends, she's like a well-known DJ, her name Taja, okay. Taja Barber. She's from L.A., but then she spent a lot of time in New York. She was, like, super big when Tumblr was cracking. Okay. Like, okay. when Tumblr was like, oh, I want to dress like them. Like, but no, shout out Taja. I ran, I just hit her up. I was like, hey, I need a tag. Just send me a bunch of voice memos of you saying my name. <laughs> I was like, and I'm gonna just see what it sounds like. And I just took one and then edited it. And then I was like, this is it. That's it. This the one. And then ever since then, it just stuck. Cause I honestly, I've been making music for a while, mm -hmm. but I didn't have a tag until what? 2019. Got you, got you, got 2018. you. 2018. Okay, that's one of them. That's one of them sounds. You'd be like, whoa, like I'm already knowing who's on the beat. Like, right. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Your metro on the beat. You know what I'm saying? Tsunami when they do the little wave sound, right. or whatever. It's like, okay, I know. But I'm like, when I, when I drew, it drew. Come on, I'm like, hold on, okay. I, like, I needed, I needed a, a staple, something like, oh yeah, I'm about to do a tag. Cause I was so against tags for the longest. I was like, y'all gonna know who made it? It's slap. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, nah, <laughs> all right, I'm about to put a tag on this. Cause you're gonna get up out once you get like even like start to expand out of the like out of the bubble you're already in. Right. It's like then it's like all right, it's gonna speak for yourself and speak for you. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Outside of just the connection, I feel you. I feel you. So you was just talking about uh, like Corona. I was wondering, um, do you like working like from your home studio or like in an actual like away from home studio more? 
Uh, I work in my home environment a lot because mm-hmm. I'm just comfortable there. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to artists that I probably never worked with before and stuff like that, I'm not about to open my home to you. So <laughs> I'm going to be like, yeah, come on, we'll book this session over here at this studio. It's quarantine friendly, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I've just been trying to be safe during it. Like, I'll be praying. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, you know funny. what? But that's about it. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Even with these, I'll be like, all right, we can come to the backyard and do it. We're going to be outside with it. But is there like a is there a balance that like you feel like as a... As a musician, do you feel like, is it a situation where you can do part of the work at home? Like, the process of you making music, is it part of, like, okay, I can lay this part at home, and then once I get in the studio, it's like, it makes it that much easier to work with the artist? Yeah, sometimes, I feel like some artists, some artists like the experience of a big studio. Like, they Mm -hmm. feel like they can perform better in that. That's like the arena for them to be able to perform, in a sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I probably just end up making a beat at home, and then go to a studio session with them. And actually record them there at a studio studio. So gotcha. it all depends sometimes, though, because I'll be like, I, half of the music y'all didn't be hearing be, be recorded in my back room. Got you. So, <laughs> so all, all that bounce be coming out the back room. Facts. <laughs> Heard you. So I want to go back to your origins and just like making music. So I did a little bit of research and I saw that you, were, you used to play, you're a drummer turned yep. bassist, mm-hmm. turned somewhat of a producer and engineer doing everything on, on behind the board. So tell me a little bit of the story of how Drew Bango became Drew Bango. Man, um, typical church kid story, okay. honestly. Like, grew up in church, was surrounded by the creativity of the music scene that was in the church and stuff. So I was, what, playing drums at five. From there, what, life went on. I was still playing for drums for my church for forever, honestly, up until I was, like, 17, 18. And then when I went to OSA, Oakland mm-hmm. School for the Arts, it was just too many drummers there. And it felt like competition. Not in the sense of, oh, I think they better than me. But I was just like, it's too many of y'all. Okay. Like, I want to just have my own thing, my own musical instrument to play. So I switched to bass. And then that's when, like, my whole musical world kind of changed. Got you. And then, what? Got out of high school, met I Am Sue and them, and 108K. And then that's kind of like when I pivoted into the uh, whole production area okay. of my, my, what I'm doing now. Got you. And so... You went, you played bass for IM2, correct? Yep. And you guys went, you went on tour with them as well? Mm-hmm. I went on tour with them a couple of times, but the ma- the biggest tour we went on was the G-Eazy one, the okay. Bass of the Universe. And it was us, E-40, him, J-Ant, it was just a whole big Bay Area cast of folks. Gotcha. And so then, you traveling around everywhere with the Bay. It's exactly. Like, y'all, y'all show up like together. five buses back to back <laughs> on the road. I was like, dang, this is stuff you would be seeing and hearing all these rock stars doing. I was like, I'm doing this now. It's kind of tight. Like, what? I got you. I got you. So how was like how was that experience like being like a, a the the younger one or like you know what I'm saying just like. That's yeah. a that's an experience that some people mm-hmm. dream I've been of. I've sure been like little bread my whole life. Okay. So it's like being older now is heck of funny because I'm like little bread to everybody still. Okay. <laughs> so it's okay. like, so it's, um, it was cool though for sure. Like everybody was cool, most definitely. But like experiencing that at a young age because I was like 22, 23 on tour. I was like, bro, what? Like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> Waking up every day in a different city is a like culture shock for sure. Because you, you go to sleep in D.C. and then you, you wake up in Maine. Okay. And you be like, bro, what? <laughs> what, what is, where like, am I? Like, where are we at? Time zone's crazy. It's, like, it's, a, it's a whole other <laughs> level of jet lag. Because it's you. like you sleeping in this, like, on a bus, on a bunk bed at that. So it's just totally different. Got you. That sounds... And you, 
as a, as a basis, do you think that is what helped influence your like? It's, you definitely have a sound that's way different than other people, especially in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. You feel like you being an adequate drummer and an above average uh, bassist has like helped you make your production even better. Yeah, I feel like it gave me like a left approach to some of the things. Like I don't approach everything the same way. And then the program I use to make beats, people don't use it as often. So like I make, I use reasons. So oh, it's oh. like. Not too many people use that. It's heck of funny because it's like reason, logic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, but it was like, I use that. And then people be like, what? That's so old. Like, and it's like sweetest technology. Like, mm-hmm. it's made for techno music. So it's like, but then it's so many people in the industry that don't use it. And they be like, nah, F reason. Like, what? <laughs> got you, got you, got you. So it's like, it definitely gives you a different advantage, different perspective on mm-hmm. things for real. I got you, I got you. So did, the, did you choose music or did the music choose you? Music for sure chose me. Like how'd that happen? Or how how can you, how do you feel how do you feel it chose you? I think when I was my mom was saying I was just setting up pots and pans in my room okay. and just banging on shit. Got it. <laughs> like <laughs> for the longest until what my grandpa was like, We gotta get him a drum set before he break everything. <laughs> so I think it really was like the music chose me because I didn't really have any interest in other things. And like being a church kid, I tried everything. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, oh, GB, a junior deacon. I'm like, no, this is cool, but no, I ain't trying to do that. I ain't trying to really be in front of people. I got you. And they was like, be an usher. I'm like, I'm lazy. I don't want to do that. So it was just like going through every single role you could possibly think of. And Mm -hmm. I was like, nah, music is what stuck the most. It literally created my identity for sure. Got you. To have an identity created by something that you actually enjoy doing, is that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because you're able to, and the freedom that they allowed for you to be able to do that on your own. Yeah. There's a lot of things that not everybody has. You feel me? Some people are like, no, you have to do this. What you're going to do. But it's like, they seem like they gave you an open opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to explore. My, outside of most people, like, my parents have supported the fact that I was just like, I'm about to do music. I ain't trying to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you might not get a piece of paper from me, but... I'm graduated in life. Like <laughs> you're gonna see the results in right? due time. Yeah, I see. I see. You know, I was uh, a couple weeks ago. I was talking to Spence. Um, we did an interview, and mm-hmm. I was ta- he was talking about how you guys had origins in DJing together. Yeah, and how like that happened. And so he he was talking about his perspective, but I want to know your perspective of like because you guys essentially created like a, a, the Boss Life Collective. I know that was like down the line, right? But like you guys kind of ru- like ruled the summer. Yeah. For, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did how did you guys how did that happen from your from your side? It was like what it was really mellish. Like, I always had a passion and like a love for DJing, but mm-hmm. I never tried it out. What was this like summer 2015, okay. 2016, and then it kind of went on until like at least it lasted for like at least three years. We was just going back to back for parties, but Mellish just had this idea to be like, we need to start a group. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to start throwing parties together. And then um, it was that one little hole-in-the-wall club that was connected to New Parish. And Mellis used to have these Wednesday nights. Okay. And I was used, used to practice DJing during his sets. And then from there, I met Spence because he was making beats at the time. He wasn't even rapping. Mm-hmm. So I met Spence through them. And then the other DJ, Shrugs, who's from Richmond, who was actually a DJ. And, like, he was – we all – because they all connected because they went to youth radio. Mm-hmm. And then I never went there, but I ended up working there later on in life. 
but, um, come, come so it was like we all connected and it was just like you know what we need to start throwing parties like what are we gonna call ourselves and then <laughs> i was like melis wave i was like wave bros bro like that's what we is we got the wave right now like let's just rock with it and then from there all the parties we was doing anything as possible we was doing all of these crazy ragers and then breaking artists at that like it was so many artists now that are lit that came out of that movement like the all blacks the trifling that all the music that people are listening to now like literally started in that, that era gotcha. so it was cool to be like yeah what we brought y'all this now like <laughs> <laughs> it's tight to be like with the forerunners of like a certain sound for sure yeah and it sounds like even uh, from talking to him and then talking to you and just like hearing origin stories it's like you guys have been set up for this like he was talking about how he's been playing instruments or just listening to different kind of music since he was a kid you have mm-hmm. gospel influences and mm-hmm. being in the background of like playing drums in a church, like I, I, I went to black church. I know right. how that is. It's a lot. It's a lot going yeah. on. My dad plays drums, so okay. I'm a, I totally understand. But like those things, how it shaped you guys into you know creating this whole new sound is like it's crazy. And then to hear you guys on like together now, let's just say in 2018, right. 2019, 2020, it's like whoa, like the 10k sound. When I can hear that you are a real bassist because yeah, that right? bass on that <laughs> the bass on that track is such like it's so bouncy, bro. Like. It's something that's like, whoa. It's crazy because that song, like, it's actually slow. But it just bounced so hard. People be like, it's like, what? When you think of, like, different areas and, like, what different cities and stuff and, like, Mm -hmm. how they react to music. In Oakland, if it don't slap in the trunk at all, it's not tight. (laughs) Like, you could go anywhere else and this might just sound good. But in Oakland, if I can't ride around the lake playing your music, it's not beneficial. So it's just like that's literally been my like go to thing. Like if it don't slap in the trunk at all, like if I don't feel like the trunk about to break when I press play, <laughs> it's not tight. And that's what ten K was for us. It was like you could play this in your old school. You'll see somebody riding around in a Harley slapping this song. So it was just like our claim to like the sound in a sense for what the bay was. That's valid. I, I mean, I, I deemed you like a, a somewhat of a gatekeeper to like the bay sound because it's like it's an ever changing sound. Mm-hmm. However. It's like you're right at the forefront of it. You feel me? Like we and, and it's not like you just got here. It's not like you from LA. Right. You feel me? It's not like you just started making music. It's like you've been doing this and tailoring your sound. I feel like that that just shows in the work. You feel me? And like that's that's what I, I can appreciate that myself. I know people that we like listen to the music. It's like you hear a Drew tag. And it it's everywhere too. Like looking at the discography and the produ- production credits, it's like, all right, who do you work with? <laughs> nah, I be thinking about that sometimes. I be like, I really worked with everybody. Like, I think I got on Twitter one day and tried to list every single artist that I've worked with since, like, I started being serious with music. And it was like 150 days. You're going to put you in Twitter jail. I was like, bruh, this crazy. And it's just like, it's cool to be able to have, like, a hand in, or people being able to trust me and my sound to be able to craft how they want to be received by folks. So it's like, I used to be like, if you didn't come through me, it ain't tight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, real gatekeeper vibe. It's all mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article on you from the SF Chronicle, and they, they, they said that you quote, and I quote, the sound from the Bay Area is not like anything else. We're having a Bay Area music renaissance. Um, tell me about what you, how you feel about the renaissance of the Bay Area. How's that coming along? Um, I feel like it's really because people feel like their music is validated now. People have been making music in the Bay for years. Mm-hmm. And if you know Bay Area music, we're like the blueprint for the independent 
like music scene like out the trunk literally yeah. is bay area like from too short on down even master p would be like i learned how to push my music because i spent a majority of my time yeah, in the bay, bay area that's right so it's like the renaissance i feel like is kind of switched because people are actively supporting the music that these local artists are dropping okay compared to it having to be backed or co-signed or pushed by a gatekeeper because it's music that i don't even it's people that i'm not even affiliated with that's going up and they coming out of the bay mm -hmm. so it's like it's cool to see like a full renaissance like everybody even with the fact that we got a, a label out here now too mm -hmm. like with empire being in the bay like we ain't never had that like a credible source to be able to drop your music and get you pr and marketing runs mm -hmm. and seeing people in commercials and like i never thought i would make a beat that would end up on insecure like what <laughs> that's not where that's not where my mind was when yeah. I was like making the music. So it's like it's appreciated now. So like that renaissance and we kind of pushing through. Cause what was that last year? That was mm -hmm. that article was. It's still going on right now. Like you seeing a new artist every day, even in in this every genre too. At that like the Bay Area is a like a movement now instead of it just being like oh yeah I'm from the Bay oh yeah like, <laughs> like, like whatever. So it's like things. it's growing out of that to just be like an actual place now. Gotcha. Where it's like a certain sound is coming from. You feel like the community is getting better. I've, well, I say that to say um, when you. I hate comparing the Bay Area to other places because I feel like it's so unique in a sense. But like when you think about places like Atlanta, you think about places like New York where artists are more like susceptible to like helping each other. Here in the Bay Area, we've always not always we've had a stigma of like we're I want to say selfish, but don't work with each other as much as we could because you know what I'm saying it's more, instead of. Uh, reach one, teach one. It's more so like once I get on, it's like all right, I'm out of here. I'm doing. I'm going to L.A. <laughs> you feel yeah. me? You you feel like that stigma is kind of. I look at it like every single like major job or like being that music is like a major thing. But it's like the where music is, the industry of music is in L.A. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to do fashion, you go to New York. Like, if you want to be an actor, nine times out of ten, you're going to go to L.A. because that's where all the production stuff is. So it's no problem to leave, but it's like, I feel a lot of people feel like they got to leave. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to. I'll be battling with that all the time. Like, should I just move? Like, should I just cut? But then I've done everything that I've done literally out here. I don't get me wrong. I've spent time in L.A. for months at a time. Mm -hmm. But it's like to keep connected to the industry. If you want to grow in a certain area, you got to move where the industry is growing. Seriously. Like, it's just like when you go to college and you go out, of, when you leave and go to college, like you're inviting yourself into the community where you can grow in that area. But I don't necessarily see it. It's like people always be saying like Bay Area crabs in a bucket mentality mm -hmm. always. But we started the independent thing. Independency is you by yourself. So it's like a lot of people are able to reach certain levels that they can't reach because they've done it all by themselves. Okay, that's a, that's a very interesting. I've never heard that perspective, and now that you say it, that is a that's an like, interesting point that you make there. Of like, if since we are the base for independent artists and such, it's like of course if you're independent, you kind of have to work. But that it makes a yeah. lot of sense now. That I think about it. okay, it's like you can the way the dollar move out here is totally different to how it move in Atlanta because. Mm -hmm. A lot of people is like self-serving artists out here. Like, oh, I'm about to do this. I'm about to start this business by myself. And I did this by myself. Support me, blah, blah, blah. But people don't really ask for help in the back. Unless it's in their friend group. Mm -hmm. When you go to other places, it's a little different. Like, what? Southern hospitality, period. 
you don't hear about people being nice in California. True. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like True. it's a rude state. In this sense, like you go, snobby state. yeah, snobby at that. Like you, oh, California sunshine. You got to have money to be out here. A lot of those people are self sufficient because they did it by themselves. Like, got you. That's that's kind of how it is. Get out the mud mentality. It's exactly. Like, it's, it's you can see it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I got and you. it's not like a gaudy kind of thing. Like oh, I did it by myself. Blah blah blah. You'll see some people doing that, but you know, once you do it by yourself, then you're able to build that community to where it supports you. So then you're not doing it by yourself. But it take a minute for some people to get there, though. Time. Mm-hmm. Patience. Patience. Patience is sure. a virtue. I, think that's, I, I, used to, I remember hearing that like in middle school and not really understanding what that meant. I had an English teacher, Mr. Danhausen, he used to tell me that all the time. I used to get pissed off because he always tell me that. I'm like, bro, I don't even understand what that yeah. means. Patience is like a muscle, bro. Like, when you ask for patience, you're literally presented situations to practice it. Mm-hmm. It's not finna be like a gold medal. Like, right, you yeah, get like, oh now. yeah, you got patience now. <laughs> like, no, like you're gonna be given a situation to practice it. Like, it's this person that's getting on your nerves all the time, literally all the time. But you literally are asking for patience. Mm-hmm. But this person getting on your nerves all the time. This is for time for you to practice it right now. <laughs> like, it's gonna happen on a larger scale when you know what I'm saying. As you get older, it's gonna be more situations where you're gonna have to be patient. Exactly. You feel me? So yeah. like, it's better to do it as, when when you're as a as a youngin or like coming up. It's like, all right. Be like learn these things right now because they're gonna affect you later. Exactly. I, it was crazy as a as a teenager, the lessons and stuff that we were learning, it, at least that I was learning. I remember um, hearing things and like, okay, like these make sense, like save your money or like I said, patience is a virtue and stuff like that. But unless you get like the a blueprint or understand deeper understanding of what those things mean, they can just like go in one ear and out the other. Facts. You feel me? And it's like, damn, like now that uh, as an adult, and I'm sure you can test this as well. It's like. Wow, I should have listened back then. Like, okay, now I understand. <laughs> Life will smack you in the face. Man. Super quick when it's like a certain situation. You'll sit there and be like, my mama for sure said this was going to happen. <laughs> she for sure said that. But it don't click until you get older because you're able to reflect on those moments. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you a kid, you running and ripping. Like, what? You ain't tripping off that. Oh, I'm going to say what? I'm going outside. Like, <laughs> what you mean? Yeah, it's like, so, I don't want to listen to you. I got you. I do have a question. You said you grew up in church, and I know, like, now you're, like, you are public with your faith, and I understand, like, your relationship and your ongoing walk with Christ. Like, you post, like, your, you wrote your, the devotions and stuff, like, mm-hmm. regularly. So how is how have you been able to, like, enrich your relationship and your walk with Christ, as well as in, in, in an industry that doesn't necessarily project that same stuff? Man, because honestly, God is in everything. Okay. Like, Without you possibly thinking about it, not everybody's a believer that's probably listening to this, but, but if, okay. like God is in everything mm-hmm. in a sense. So it's just like if you, what I've like, I haven't necessarily been that open with it. People know that I'm a Christian, I'm raised and everything, but the older I've gotten, the more I've been like, you know what, if you put God first, nine times out of 10, everything gonna line up. Uh, Why well, I just read this quote where it's just like, when you make plans without God, he laughs at you. <laughs> he'd be like what yeah, I, like i like to see it happen yeah like oh for real that's what you think you about to do okay for sure and then you get knocked on your ass and you'd be like dang i should have tapped in with god first so it's just like don't it's uh it's cool to like people see you can people treat you differently most definitely like a lot of bs is not going to come your way when they know that they're dealing with a certain person that got a certain walk Okay. And it's like when you got that protection too, in a sense, a lot of that stuff not even gonna get in your way. So it's like 
putting him first and being open with my devotionals and stuff and dropping prayers. Sometimes people be hitting me up, be like, bro, thank you, bro, for praying for me. And I was like, this is not even me right now. But I'm glad I'm able to be a vessel yeah. in a sense. Like, I can be used for you to be able to receive that blessing that you're trying to get or something. I got you. Be able to... In the industry that you work in, when it's not necessarily pushed for God, you feel me, and, and a relationship with him, like, I feel like you do pretty decent job of being able to spread the message. Like you said, you don't publicize it as much, but like, it, I feel like it's on the, it's on the gram. It's on the gram. Yeah. Like, see, it's everywhere. <laughs> so, that's but that's a, that's a good it's thing. It's like, what is it? Like, um, everybody, like, God made the world in a sense. Period. That's what he made. So, it's like, when you think about, everybody got everyday jobs. Mm-hmm. It's troubles and trials in every single situation. God is in the dude that's working at FedEx. <laughs> He's in yep. the dude that's working that at KMC that own FedEx, <laughs> literally. So it's like you never know what people's walk is until you, until they're like either able to be fully open with it or you have a conversation with them. And it's be, it'd be people, they'd be like, oh, Drew, you're like a Bible scholar. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? And I'd be like, nah, I ain't going to say that. My auntie is. But like, you feel me? I'm going to get there soon. I got you. Has there ever been a situation where you've been like you had to like not work on something simply because of the like the the vibe like it went against like your values as a person? Like are there like certain like I don't want to say you know, not, not not name dropping the artist or anything, but it's been something where it's like your heart like you know when you like something happens and you like you feel in your chest like okay this isn't maybe the right thing for me. Has it been a situation in the in your industry yeah, where you for have sure. It's like wh- one of the main things I pray for all the time is discernment. Okay, like spiritual discernment at that. To like being able to know when to say yes and when to say no. And when you in the music industry, you want that bag. So you saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like certain times, especially me now growing up, I'll be saying no. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, nah, it's not it's not the time it's for that. It's not really you feel me? Cause at the end what music is music. Mm-hmm. God care about words. Music is music. Whatever you talk about on it is what the message is going to be, though. So it's like some people you align up with, and it ain't, it ain't nowhere in the Bible where it say don't have fun at all. Mm-hmm. Literally. People was partying, he turned, Jesus turned water into wine. Literally. It's nothing about that in a sense. It's just knowing how to guard your heart and knowing when to tap in and be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to work with this person. And then, because it's, it's, it's safe rappers. Mm-hmm. It's safe. It's people that believe in God that's everywhere. But sometimes they message or like spiritual warfare is a real thing they be battling with it all the time so it's like that's why you'll get a that's why you'll get an artist like a dmx literally where it's like what he praying every five minutes that you seen because he's literally dealing with something in the middle yeah like he's dealing with the real life but in the midst of that his emotions is making this like emotionally driven music and now you see the impact he had on new york and everywhere in the world too on just the culture in general exactly but like you see, you can have praying people all the time, and they still dealing with what they dealing yeah. with. There's like this like uh, stigma around it's like people. I, I, I want to just take it out of just the Christian aspect, but just like religion in general. Yeah. Like people have to be a certain. It's like a square that you have to live in. It's like all right, everybody looks this certain way, and for like that, that's where when you break that, and it's like whoa, like people didn't know that DMX was a Christian. Like, this man, like he said, this man's praying. He's not a perfect individual. Yeah. You feel me? But he's he's trying to do something. Exactly. You feel me? And it's like, those kind of, the effort is what People I like just like, see. people think of religion, period. Any mm-hmm. religion. They'd be like, if you practice this religion, you're supposed to be perfect. 
Like, you're supposed to be like, what? Everyday <laughs> Bible thumping, Buddhist humming, whatever you yeah. want to do. Like, they expect you to be these perfect people. Mm -hmm. But it ain't nobody perfect. Right. Nowhere. Like, you 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 sent to this life to literally live it out and make your own decisions. Like, free will is the one of the main things that we got. Like, a free mind. Like, you can choose and make these decisions on your own. You got to be dealt with later on in life. Yeah. But it's like, come back to you one of the main things that we was given was free will. So it's like, you choose to live the life that you want to live. And you choose to have all these kinds of decisions. Ain't nobody perfect, though. Not you. That's valid. That was a good, good little conversation on that. I, I want to bring around back to the music, um, and I was like I said, I was going through like the discography and just looking to see like what you've been up to. Um, you recently, the, the last thing that you dropped, well, excuse, not necessarily dropped, but you contributed into that we've like seen was a Sony project. Yeah, tell me about that process. I was talking to Mill about his process of making the song with you and, mm -hmm. uh, with you and Drew and Payshon. Right. Um, and then I was talking to Spence as well, even Sonny. But I want to hear from Drew your perspective about making that project and, you know what I'm saying, sorry for the get off. Tell me about that, how that went. Man, it really because, it kicked off because I made that Timmy Turner song mm -hmm. for a million. Yep. And the first if you were album. listening to, if you were a fan of Sonny's music before now, mm -hmm. His style was just a little different. He was like super duper melodic in a sense. And it was cool, but I just felt something different that I wanted to hear him on. And I was like, nah, I want you to talk your shit. Like, literally, like, I want you to, like, get off in a sense. Because he had the persona, but I literally was like, I feel, I hear something different coming from this. So I just kind of sat down and I got with Sean. Um, Cause me and him, that's one of my friends, uh, Payshon. We've been like making a lot of music together, and I was like, "Come on, bro!" Shout out Payshon. I was like, "We finna." I got a whole idea. Like, let's just do this real fast. And I just, cause me and Sonny had never been in the studio. We never sat in the studio at all. For sorry for the get off. I just sent him beats, mm -hmm. and then he was going to the studio and sending me back the song. Yep. It wasn't until now, as of recently, cause we working on another project that we've been in the studio actively together. So. It was cool to be able to like a develop a chemistry with someone literally through IG messages. Got you. That's, <laughs> that's valid. So as a as a person who works with so like in this example of that you're just sending music to him and then him recording and sending it back versus you actually getting in the studio, you think the vibe is like that much better or the connection is like that much better on the track because you're actively like, no, let's do this again, let's change this this way. Sometimes it's like that. I feel like some artists don't really like the hands-on producer approach because they don't know how it goes in a sense. And I am a hands-on producer. I sit and be like, nah, you should repunch that line in. Or nah, you should say this differently. Or you should take that line out, articulate it like this. I'm okay. very hands-on when it comes to, because I listen to the, how people receive music and stuff like that. But when you send artists beats and they like your beats, when they send you a song back, they trying to prove something. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, nah, I'm about to gas this. Like, he gonna like this song. He gonna like it a lot. So that's what it was with in our exchange of like beats. He was sending me stuff, and I was like, "Ooh, hold on, this slap. Let me run this back." So it was like an exciting experience for sure. And then now, like all the parties, day parties and stuff, mm -hmm. it's like all you hearing is that. Yeah. So it's cool to be like, oh, "Okay, another summer, we finna run it. It's time <laughs> finna run it up again. Right? One more time, one more again." And you working on something with Pop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can can you can you tell me anything on that? Yeah, nah, for sure. Well, well, yeah. Me and Pop, well, we dropped a project what, end of twenty twenty? Mm-hmm. And um 
what was it, Pop Shit Volume 1. Mm-hmm. We did that, and then, because he's, don't get me wrong, he's been making music for a minute. A long time, yeah. For a while. The, Ber- the Berkeley camp. Yeah. My boy, uh, my the boy NBK Ray, Ray Ski, mm-hmm. like he, yeah, he been telling me about the, him and uh, Saucy Ness and yep. all them for a long time since I was a little bruh. You know what I'm saying? But go ahead, go ahead. But I call, I just caught wind of G Pop because he had recently did a, well, not recently, like I had, he had started recording with Spence, mm-hmm. and I heard him rapping on Spence beats, and I was like, ooh, I gotta do something with bruh, like. He got this kind of spazzy charisma. Like, what is this? Like, and his delivery so on point for him to be as young as he is. Mm-hmm. He's like 22, but his pen or everything was about it. I was like, ooh, I'm trying to, I'm gonna invest in this. This going, hold on. So I kind of just hit him up, and I was like, been flooding him with beats, and we kind of just developed this like brotherhood basically, cause we every day with it, we dropping music all the time. Like we in the midst of rolling out a song right mm-hmm. now, so it's like. um yeah, but I really just felt something from the music that he was recording, like the pain in his vocals, all of that. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to invest in this. This is tight. Like, So from there, we kind of just built this sound now to where I'm trying to make sure he take over in a sense. But like, that's like, that's how well, everybody I work with, I kind of just be trying to give them that confidence. Like, nah, like, we doing it. We doing this. Like, get it in everybody's face. Tell your mama to retweet it. Like, <laughs> this is what's going on. That's valid. Okay. Okay. I, I like to see that because just seeing from a from a like a young like he is a younger side. He's my, I'm 23, so he's about right. my age. Mm-hmm. Like to see someone older to actually invest back into people that are like younger than them, and then right. like be, and you have more experience, not necessarily just in the age, but like older in the experience. Mm-hmm. I said like you have been there before. You've been like on tour. You've been in these studios with these people. It's like all right, you took all of what you had there and was like all right, I'm about to. I see something in you. I want to like you know what I'm saying put that back into you and make exactly. you go up too. I'm sure that's like has to be a great feeling on his behalf, just to know that someone it, it's believes cool, in him. It's cool to like see people so grateful. I'm still weird on taking compliments. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, I'd be like, eh, I'm just, I'm just being me, bro. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just trying. Like, <laughs> I'm just being nice. You feel me? But um, sometimes I just be seeing a light in people. I'd be like, yeah, I'm trying to keep this light on. Like, let's turn it up real fast for sure. Is there anyone that you haven't worked with that you? want to that you want to say let me say it that way i don't want you to give away any of your secrets but there's someone like hmm i think i might want to you know what i'm saying i ain't gonna lie like i'm a i'm a musician first okay i love all this boom bap rap don't get me wrong mm-hmm. it's great it's fun it's like an extracurricular activity mm-hmm. it's like pe class for me but okay. i'm trying to get into these other classes of music too Got you. Okay. so it's like i'm on my like uh i personally i always say this but i want to make a song with Khalees. For sure. Ooh. I don't know why, but I really want to do that. Y'all hear it here first. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> like uh, but just like something in that like alt R and B wave or like a scissor. So Maxwell, I, I Maxwell can see you on the for Maxwell. sure. I'm gonna like, see, see Drew on stage those, with Maxwell at the at the uh, BET Awards. So. But that that <laughs> that grown and sexy wave, I'm for sure trying to introduce people to that. Like like the song I'm making with like the music I'm making with I'm in, like real R and B. Like mm-hmm. ooh, what's that? Like a ref, a refreshing sound. Like so. What hand did you have in? Um, I helped arrange that and then I played the bass on it. My okay. friend Salam, uh, he had sent us a beat and I was like, bro, what this crazy? We finna cut to this. Like, what's going on? But yeah, he's somebody I'm working with now. He's from the Bay, by the way, at LA. But um, he stays in LA now, but super clean producer, Salam Sam. For sure. Actually, before we get out of here, we got to hear, I got anything to hear about um, I'm in. And her journey is as an artist, because you know, it's like, we we went to like the summer camp together. When we were like younger kids, mm-hmm. and then 
I'm older now. I'm like, wait a second. Once I seen it, I'm like, I that's, like that's yeah. that's who I think it is. Like that's something. I'm like, whoa. And then to hear like the, her sound just develop over years from like all like the like her EPs stuff like that. It's just like mm-hmm. it's great to see that. But right. you like being right there. Do you feel like do you jump right in and say, all right, let's do this together, or is it more so of like you are you let her do her thing and then you just come and kind of like te- you know what I'm saying teeter with things if they need to be. Me and her are kind of like one and the same. We super independent. Okay. But we know we can make tight stuff together. It's like, because when I first met her, she was singing backgrounds on Elu J Project. Mm-hmm. And Elu J was like this alternative R&B artist, and she was singing on the back of every song. And I'm like, who is that? Like, <laughs> who is this singing? And then she did a whole bunch of backgrounds on, like, Michael Sneed's music. And she was, like, cool with being in the background. And I was like, nah, let's break out of that in a sense. So I kind of just started sending her. I think the first day I met her, I sent her some beats. Okay. And then from there, I kind of just seen how she writes. And she's really a writer. Like, she can sing, but she's really, really a writer. Like, she got a good pen. So it was like developing that up until now. Because what? I've known her for like six years, seven okay. years now. And to see how she's grown. Because, like, we're both a part of the same level. Uh, text me. Mm-hmm. And, like to see how she's grown as an artist now and then how I'm I got my hand in it for sure I'm like nah let me sprinkle this on there <laughs> let me do it let me do a little ah, ah, ah. but it's cool to like see cause I'm I'll get her beats like I'll hit up a producer and be like no what's up she needs some of this or whatever even though I can sit down and make it I, it's like cool to see her develop herself in her own realm too so it's um it's tight because what she got another we working on videos and visuals and all of this stuff because she's basically about to drop another EP soon. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, okay. we're gonna have to get her on the next show for sure. We're gonna get it come here talk to the professor. It's been, <laughs> long, it's been a long time. Um, I got one last question for you. And where are we gonna see Drew in five years? What's your any any anything? Am I gonna see you know what I'm saying? Are you gonna see you across the world on tour? You know what I'm saying? What you wanna do? I don't want to tour no more. Don't want to tour no more. I okay. will say that for okay. sure. I miss like three birthdays ah. being a dad and touring. It okay. sucked. <laughs> but it was like, it was cool like for my kids to see me on the stage and experience it. But if you ask my kids now, they want to be in the studio. Mm-hmm. They want to be on tour with me. So it's like, I want to be able to develop that to where I can have them wherever I'm going. Okay. But five years from now, I'm trying to have my own label. Heard you. Most definitely. Say that. That's like, where I'm trying to move to where it's like it's so I feel like there's so many genres and so many artists and people I know that trust me with their sound mm-hmm. that I could create like this independent label to where it's lit Got you. <laughs> in a sense but um that's kind of where I see myself like I wouldn't say I'll stop producing mm-hmm. but I'm really really into the music business side of everything okay. and like being an A&R and Knowing how these numbers work and all of that stuff. So that's kind of like where I'm headed for sure. That's like five years from now, even probably sooner than that. But yeah. <laughs> okay, for sure. We're going to be up in there. You yes. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Man, I want to really, I, I appreciate you for sliding through no problem, to, no my, to my office, man. Um, thank you for preaching and giving, <laughs> giving, giving your wisdom out to the, to the people, to the listeners. Um, like I said, one more time, I well, appreciate you, bro. Likewise. Thank, Thank you, you for man. having me. For real, it's good. Hey, to my class, um, you are now dismissed.